Hello, welcome back to Zenith Podcast. I'm your host, Caesar, and I'm here with a new guest. His name is Chris Basulto. He's studying journalism. He also does stand-up comedy on the side, and he recently started a YouTube channel. At the moment, it's called Chris Basulto, and it focuses on cars. And uh, Chris, you want to go a little in-depth with that? Sure, man. Well, first, you know, thank you for having me. Thank uh, you I'm excited for to be here. here. But um, yeah, man, I'm studying journalism right now um, and uh, linguistics as well. So I just uh, once I'm done with school, like I, I want to go into the automotive world, uh, whether it be marketing or uh, even like just journalism, writing about new cars that come out. Um, obviously, there's a lot of YouTube channels out there focusing on car content. So what I'm building right now with uh, my small channel, it's very small. It's like 75 followers. It's like nothing. Right. But um, I just want to build um uh, my skill set as far as like, um, you know, getting the right angles for cars, getting the right content, figuring out like this, the, uh, the attention span of your average listener and um, kind of just, you know, it's kind of just like as a practice tool for me right now. And it's like, I guess like a resume builder, just that way, once I graduate, I can say I have, you know, a somewhat um, uh, of uh, experience with like video editing and, you know, like, you know, filming cars and stuff like that. And, um, just you know hopefully in the future i can you know work for like a, a big auto manufacturer company or even um like aftermarket because there's tons of aftermarket um stuff available for cars and uh, in the car world like um there's like a big event in nevada it's called sema it happens you know usually every year it hasn't happened like the last two years because of covid um for obvious reasons but it's literally just like a sold out convention of just a bunch of like shops that focus on aftermarket parts on everything from like race cars to like street cars to like camping to off-roading and like what you can find there is like endless like anything you can think of you can you can probably find it there and um it, it's just um i'm hoping to you know just get into that world you know and um i've always been interested in cars i've been, i got into cars when i was like five or six years old i would you know see them on the freeway and you know some cars stand out from others and you're like oh like uh, i know i can notice that that brand you know like and that's kind of how you start building brand recognition as, as a manufacturer you know you, you build cool cars cars that get you know kids attention i mean look at lamborghini they've been building um you know amazing like poster you know picture perfect cars you know for years you know everybody always talks about like oh i always had a lamborghini poster or i had a ferrari poster and um like it's just that like imagination and engineering like and science all you know bundled in together and you know the loud noises that you know cars make and like the vibrations and the rattles you know and everyone is different that's kind of the cool thing about the car world too is like everyone has different interests um and it kind of reflects on like what you drive or, or at least like what you um uh would consider like oh this is like the perfect car for me right because like the perfect car for me might be different from what you're looking for and man vice versa and like what um like an old person might be looking for what like a teenager might be looking for like a 16 year old right and um everybody has their first car right it may not be the car that you want or it may not be a car that um is very exciting but like that first car like it'll teach you about driving it'll teach you how to become a better driver how to be responsible how to do like basic maintenance like oil changes you know rotating your tires and uh you know making sure that your car is working and you know in good shape 
not everyone does it, but you know, it is, you know, it is what it is. Every, every experience that you have with your car is your learning experience. Right. Um, what was and, your first car, by the way? Oh, uh, dude, it was this garbage. It was, it was, it was a mini Cooper. I love it. It was, it was awesome. But like, oh man, it, it, it would break down like every three months and it was like an $800 repair bill. So oh, Jesus. The, the thing is like, it's, it's a German car and like German cars are like engineered to perfection until they fail. And then once they fail, everything fails. And it's like, I would, I would definitely not recommend to anyone listening to this to buy like a used German car or like, if you're going to buy one, like make sure you have something with maintenance records, you know, like, and you're going to spend a lot less money and all this time if you, um, just put in a little bit extra effort to like do your research on what kind of car that you're buying. You know, you don't want to buy a car with no history, no maintenance record or anything like that. Cause you're going to look at like, dude, when I blew my engine in the mini, I blew it three times and I'll tell you about each time. Every time I blew it, it was about $2,700 to fix. What? Yeah. And I didn't have the money to buy a new car. So I was like, I can get rid of it and not have a car and like get nothing back from it or i can like pay for it and i'll have a car again in a couple of weeks and you know fingers crossed it doesn't happen again so the first time i took it to a shop they didn't really work to specialize on mini coopers but we just took it there because i i was under the age of 18 i didn't have the money to to do it so my parents kind of helped me out and it was good for about three years and then when i was in college i blew the engine again and i was like ah crap i was like another twenty seven hundred dollars and that at that time i was working full time so i had the money to cover it but i really didn't want to but i was like okay if i blow the engine now it should last me at least a few more years and i, I won't have to worry about getting another car and um and i was just thinking i was like dude i did the math one day and the amount of money i had spent on just maintenance alone on that stupid car like it could have added up to like a decent down payment on a car and what I would have been paying in like my monthly bills and stuff like that for, for like a, a monthly car payment on the car is what I was spending on my maintenance bills. So at one point, like, it's just like, is it even worth keeping the car anymore? Yeah. And I remember when I was shopping for my current car, um, it was funny, man, because I was uh, I had to pick it up in San Diego because car dude, when you're buying a car, like the dealership will try to rip you off like at every corner, like they'll try to sell you like warranties and stuff that you don't really need. Some cars do need it. Some cars don't really it depends on like what you want to spend, you know, out the door and everything like that. But as I was driving, I, I had to go pick it up in San Diego as I was driving. I was in Irvine. I hit a, I was talking to my dad because he was, you know, riding shotgun with me because if I was going to buy the car, we would have two cars. I needed someone to bring the car back home, right? Yeah. And I was riding my dad and he's just like, he's like, oh, you know, I think we're going to be able to, to sell this car, you know, like it still runs fine. Like you just did the major service. And at that time I hit like a, a you know, like how the pavement changes on the freeway and like you'll get like a small bump. Yeah. I hit a bump, dude. And the like the checked engine light turned on and it started like go 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 like it's it's on the way to get on the, the way car? to get the new car what and i was just like fuck I, I had just gone to three dealerships to looking for cars right and like i could i just couldn't get the right deal that i was looking for and luckily like in san diego this was the last car that like of the the st model that they had that was still like within like a reasonable like you know price range and i was like okay cool i'll take it if it's at that right and um I remember just going and like as soon as my dad said that like literally like two minutes had even passed by like, as soon as he said it boom like the check engine light turned on and i was like oh crap i was like i'm not gonna fix it like if this is like if it goes out like this it goes out like this i'm just gonna like like i'll just 
total it or I'll take it to a junkyard and like be done with it. Cause I was dude at that point, like I was like maybe like six, $7,000 into the car and just maintenance. And I was just like, I was done. Like I was just ready to like blow it, like and kiss it away. Um, luckily I, I was able to buy the car. We drove it back. It was a stick shift. I didn't know how to drive sticks. So my dad was, you know, he's the one who took it back. Oh, so okay. dude, learning how to drive stick is a whole nother story, but excuse me. Um, but I remember driving on my way, dude, it's like one thing to like limp it to like your destination and call like a tow truck, right? I had to limp it back from San Diego to, um, toward where I live here, like, um, you know, in the area. And it, dude, it was like the scariest two hour drive. Cause like you couldn't go up hills, like the car would give up. It had like, I mean, mind you, the Mini Cooper doesn't have a lot of horsepower to begin with. I was down a cylinder. So I was like, it's the four cylinder car. You only have three cylinders that, that are producing enough power. So it literally like I had like a hundred horsepower, if that, and I'm trying to make it up. Like, I don't, I'm sure you've been to San Diego before, yeah. right? You know, there's like two big like crests or like big hills that you have to like cross. Yeah, Dude, I was like, fingers crossed praying. <laughs> I was like, I, dude, like if I get stranded here, like I was so done with that car. I was like, if this car breaks down on me, I'm just going to leave it on the side of the road and like be done so with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, just pick it up. And like, I was just so done. But uh, luckily the shop that had done the rebuild, like they noticed, they're like, oh, hey, dude, like this was actually our fault. Like it's going to be free. You're not going to pay for anything. So I was like, oh, thank God. I saved myself out of like $2,700 because that's what it cost to rebuild it last time. So luckily they were able to rebuild it. It had like 150,000 miles on it and we were able to get rid of it for like three grand. So I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, I was damn. like, and I was able to put that, that like, nice, yeah. I mean, dude, I was out like 7,000. So like, you know, I was still like upside down on the car, but again, man, like every lesson that you learn with your cars, yeah, it's, exactly. it's a learning lesson. Now I know it's just like, Hey man, don't buy used German cars. Cause it's like, it's a financial like burden, burden dude. Like it's not a good idea. Buy them new, buy them while they're under warranty. As soon as their warranty is done, just move on to the next one. Like wash your hands of it. Cause it's just not worth it. You know? Yeah. 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 And, um, I mean, you're better off with like, I'll be honest with you, man, Japanese cars are, are really well like, engineered, but um, they'll last you forever. They'll last you like decades. You know, um, my grandpa has a, a Mitsubishi Montero and this is kind of like attached to my YouTube channel as well. I have a buddy of mine who um, he bought a Mitsubishi Montero and I did a video for him. And it's I mean, the video has like 28,000 views and it's oh, like shit. I have viewers from like all over the world, which is weird, man. You know, you don't think that like oh, this dumb little like video, you know, that I'm doing with my friend is going to reach people in like the Philippines or like, um, you know, like the Middle East or like other other places in like Asia and like South America and stuff like that. You're like, oh, wow, like the power of the Internet is real, you know. And um, so oddly enough, my grandpa also has Montero. It's an older one. And dude, like, I mean, I love my grandpa to death, you know what I mean? But he's not one to like put money into cars. He doesn't really care what he drives. And he smokes in this thing like the interior is like deteriorated and it's like it's it's horrible but it still turns on dude it'll sit for three months he'll go to mexico and it'll sit for three months um collecting dust he comes back he turns the key it works perfectly it hasn't given him any issues in like it's a 95 and i believe my aunt she was the first owner she passed away and then she left it to him and he kind of drove it around because like he had a car but it, same thing it was like junk so like the montero at the time was like almost a brand new vehicle you know she passed away in like 2002 so it was like mm. five six years old with almost no mileage on it right so he's been driving it since um 2002 almost 20 years, almost 20 years yeah. no maintenance like not like nothing dude and like it still runs it still turns on and i'm looking at my mini cooper and i'm like 
you you piece of garbage i was like i was like you've been around for like 10 years if that at the time you know it was like maybe an eight-year-old car and like it's just it it put its value into maintenance alone and it's just like it really just puts things into perspective of like you know like how well engineered is a product like do you want like German engineering, which is a good product and it's well engineered for a short period of time, or do you want like a Japanese product that it's it's well engineered, but it may not be the most powerful or like the fastest car, but it's gonna last you like generations. Yeah, it's, it's like on the quality versus the quantity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, you you see that a lot with um, you know, especially like modern cars. You know, like there's all this technology in it, and I'm just like, dude, like I look at all these touchscreens, I'm like that's going to fail one day and that's going to be like a $3,000 repair bill. You know what I mean? Especially like, like if you look at like luxury cars, like um, any type of like Mercedes, like S class or like a Range Rover or um, like just any one of those like big, like luxury, like Bodhi SUVs, anything like that. All of their um, displays are digital. I'm like, dude, could you imagine like one little damaged pixel or like one little thing you have to take the whole thing out. I'm like, Oh my God the second owner is going to get screwed on that. Like whoever buys that like used is um, they're in for like a financial burden. You know what I mean? So just be uh, my word of caution to anyone looking at like a used German car, like make sure it's in warranty because they they sell like certified pre-owned cars that are still in warranty. They're still good and they can still pass all that. And like, you don't have to worry about like, Oh my God, it's going to cost me like $20,000 to fix. Right. Um, which can happen, dude. Like my, my dad had a BMW and his catalytic or something happened with, I think his catalytic converters. And it was about $1,500 a piece. It had two. So it was about three grand to fix. And he was trying to get rid of, he was trying to sell the car, but he couldn't sell it until he did that. And it's just like, dude, so like your whole profit is gone. Like when you sell your car and, um, it's just, yeah, you gotta be careful, man. You just gotta be really careful with what you buy. Um, and uh, if you're going to buy used, like I said, just make sure that you have a good maintenance record. And, you know, like look, there's like thousands of forums and like thousands of people online that will give you advice as far as like what you should buy and like we should look out for. So if you if you have maintenance records, you know, that cover those issues, I mean, you can go out and buy a car, you know, like um, a good example would be like um, early 2000s Porsches. Um, they were notorious for like an IMS bearing and um they were kind of like unpopular because of the headlights. They said the headlights looked like um, like egg yolks or like 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 broken egg yolks, and because of that, it wasn't like very like Porsche esque, right? So, dude, like literally like a fifty sixty thousand dollar at that time, which would have been like maybe like a hundred thousand dollars, right? Like you can pick those up for like twenty thousand dollars just a couple of years ago. So they just started going back up just because like they were the only cars that were attainable, dude. You'll find like a 20, 30 year old Porsche worth like $150,000. What? Yeah, dude. And it's just like, they're good cars and they're engineered very well. It's just, um, you, you just have to look out for those repair bills because they can bury you, you know, and they can get you out of that car really fast. So um, I still think Porsche is one of the dopest like manufacturers ever. I, I, um, I went, I recently went um, to the Porsche Experience Center. So if anyone is listening and, you know, they want to, like go to like a cool driving school and they don't want to worry about crashing their own car or like, you know, not getting like a good like instruction. I, I'd recommend Porsche Experience Center. Dude, it's it's 500 bucks. They give you like a $120,000 car with carbon ceramic brakes. Mind you, carbon ceramic brakes are like eight nine $9,000 options on the car. And like you get a roast, like you get you get to cook the brakes basically. And like they don't care. And you can, it has launch control. You can launch the car. They take you through road courses. They teach you how to drive like on ice and like how to catch your car. They teach you how to drift. And 
all that in an hour and a half for 500 bucks. And then you get to walk away from the car and you don't have to worry about maintenance and stuff like that. So um, realistically, it's cheaper than a speeding ticket because I've gotten a couple of speeding tickets and it sucks, man. Like it's like five, six hundred dollars for a ticket plus. Um, I was like, how many hours for school? What do you mean? Like, don't you need to do like traffic school? You, uh, driving school, yeah. Uh, driving school is uh, oh, it's optional, right? It, uh, if you wanted to get taken it, off your record or something. Like that. So if if you show up and the judge grants you driving school, um, like, and he allows it, and you don't have like uh, a prior record, like eighteen months before your ticket, then yeah, you can go ahead and uh, like say like I plead guilty, I'll do driving school, and then they remove the point for for you. Um, but if you don't do driving school and then you have a point on your license, oh, dude, your insurance goes up, like everything goes up dude it just it sucks it's not it's not fun you know and i mean not only that man like i i love cars and i love like the car culture the car scene i'm all for like people like building race cars and building like crazy fast street cars but like i don't think street racing is a good idea i don't think anyone should do it um like if you're gonna do it man like you gotta just go to a track or like like make sure there's no people like other people around you know what i mean like we're going to dance with the devil, like, it better be with other people who want to dance, too. Like, don't put, like, innocent people's lives at risk, you know? It's it's just not worth it, man, because, like, you'll see fatal accidents happen all the time, and it's just sad, man. Like, it's just, like, a family of four just gets rear-ended and killed just because, you know, some people wanted to go street racing or something yeah. like that, you know? So, um, as much as I'm all for, like, going to track days or, like, um, going to, like, driving schools, I know BMW has one. It's a little bit cheaper, too, but it's all the way out in, um, like... Uh, where they do Coachella, like, um, oh, like uh, it, it's, I think the place is called Thermal. It's like a small little, like, agricultural community, but they have a racetrack down there. And um, for, like, 400 bucks, it'll teach you how to drift. You can go around, like, a road course with an instructor and stuff like that. So anyone who wants to get better at driving or just have a better understanding of, um, like, how to drive and how to drive properly and how to drive, like, efficiently, go to one of those schools, man, because you're not going to wreck your car. The cars are insured. You don't have to worry about anything. You just get in and drive, and you have a good time. So, any enthusiast, I'd recommend it. So. Yeah, um, that's something that's uh, that's a trip when it comes to like driving cars. That I feel like uh, people who just been driving like, like you know, like a Toyota Camry like yeah. this whole time. Like they don't like like I have a Toyota Camry, and I'm pretty sure like yeah, I might be a good driver from a Toyota Camry, but yeah, I think in the overall perspective of driving, I still like don't know shit, you know, because I'm doing everything automatic. Like, yeah, I cannot imagine having to do everything stick shift or like yeah, dude. with no. Uh, uh, with no like uh, traction i guess you know yeah, all, like, yeah. all, all these little all it's, these little things about cars is fucking mind-blowing it's fun dude it, it, you'll have a good time there's nothing better than um like dude so like i said at that porsche experience center they have like a hill and like it's got it swallows right and it's just like there's, there's like no better feeling than when you're coming out of that turn and you just like they're just like all right now floor it and you just have to floor it up a hill and like you even drag race with um like other people and stuff like that because they have like a drag strip dude it's it's so much fun. You learn so much in that hour and a half. It's like, I feel like if more, if it was required for people to like take, uh, not, not like a Porsche class, but just like, uh, like a defensive driving class or like, um, like teach you how to like react to like, like wet spots on the road, dude. Cause like when it rains, it's so dangerous, you know, like, especially people, like if they don't check their tires, like if you have bald tires, dude, driving in the rain, it's like, Oh, man, you better have like a horseshoe like up your ass or something dude because like y- you can crash you'll 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 you can wreck your car and like you won't even notice like like oh my god my tires are bald i need new tires you know and um it just teaches you like how to control your car like how to like predict things that are going to happen as well like oh hey like 
I'm going 80 miles per hour, the surface is wet, and I don't know the status of my tires. And like, sometimes your car will like wobble, right? And I've had that experience happen to me before, and it's terrifying, dude. Like, I had my car go completely sideways one time on the 60 freeway when it was like, like torrential rain. And this was back in the Mini Cooper. Luckily, it was like a super small car and had a small wheelbase, and I was able to catch it. But like, I remember I was, I had my manager in the car because she lived like down the street from me, and I would give her rides to work sometimes on the weekend, right? And we were just like talking, like just having a good time listening to the radio. And it was like torrential rain, right? I hit the biggest wet spot, man. And like after that, like I don't even mess around with tires. Like if if it's like even almost at the um, every tire has like a little ridge and it'll tell you like, hey, like if you hit this ridge, like your tires are bald. You should probably get new tires, right? Like even now, like like there'll still be like a little bit tread life left and i'll be like no nah, dude like i need new tires because i don't even want to risk it it's just not worth it man i'll be honest with you because you wreck your car then you have to go through insurance and they never give you what your car's really worth and everything like that and i have some aftermarket stuff that i know i'm not going to get back so i don't want to like lose out on that money just because i don't want to put like 600 800 tires or whatever it may cost you know it, it's worth more it's it's worth more for you to just like buy those tires than you know wrecking the your consequences car. of what's going to exactly happen yeah, yeah it's just and it's just about being responsible man and um i think that kind of just comes with age as well you get older and you're like hey like maybe i shouldn't be doing this like in the public where there's like people that are just trying to get home from work you know because like i used to drive fast i'll be honest with you like i used to drive like an asshole and i still kind of do but like i know when you know what i mean like, like and you should never like push your limits on public roads man like if you're going to drive like enthusiastically or anything like that, like it should be like 70 to 80%. Like you shouldn't be like putting other people's lives at danger, you know, but I'm all for like, Hey man, like wake up early, like at five in the morning, go to the canyons or like go to like a cool car meet on the weekends. And that's kind of the beautiful part about the car community is like, there's so many ways to get into it. And there's like, and like, you don't have to just be about like speed and like, Oh, like what's the fastest lap time, man. You know, like, there's a lot of people who build like off-roading vehicles and all they want to do is like go off-roading or like go camping. They want to get off the grid for a couple of days and like they'll live out of their car. And it's, I, I want to do that eventually with uh, my grandpa's Montero. Um, Cause like, I want to restore it. I'm in the, pro we're kind of in the process of restoring it. Like I want to get it mechanically sound and then focus on um, um, like, you know, cosmetic stuff and stuff like that and just make YouTube videos about it. Yeah. Cause I don't know why I do for some reason, there's just so much like, heat around those monteros right now I, I don't know what it is like dude ride that heat bro like yeah you, you yeah. should probably do a, um like a like a series where like you slowly start building that yeah thing, you know and exactly too that'll be really cool to like yeah. look at the process you know? yeah yeah well that and then you know you got to have the money for it too and yeah, you know so true. it's kind of just like save up for a little bit and then put a little bit here a little bit there and you know just convinced my grandpa to be like hey man like you should probably fix your car <laughs> you know it's like it's smoking man like it's 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 <laughs> And, oh man, I spent, I must have, I think I spent, he was gone to Mexico for three months recently and I must have spent like eight or nine man hours just like washing and like detailing the car and you can't even tell, man. Really? You can't even tell, dude. Like my girlfriend gave me this dope like little vacuum to clean cars and it, it gets like any stain out of any like vehicle, any like surface. You can use it for like multiple things like couches, um, like beds, what, whatever, right? Any type of like uh, fabric, right? So I used the machine to, to clean the carpets, which probably haven't been cleaned since he received it 20 years ago. 20 so, years dude, ago. 
I was getting like chocolate milk water it, and it was like thick, you know, like water, like it's, it's just like a liquid consistency. Yeah. But no, this was like thick, bro. like, like if you had like let it like boil and then sit in the sun for a couple of hours, it was disg- what? disgusting, dude. I can still smell because like my grandpa's a smoker and he'll smoke in this oh, car. God. So it's nothing but like, like dirt and like mud and cigarette ashes and like oh, chips and like, oh, and coffee, dude, there was coffee spills and stains everywhere, dude. It was disgusting. It was filthy. So I'm, I'm I'm doing like small little videos about that, just like progress and updates on it. Um, I, and I want to eventually turn that into like a camper so you can go um, to like national parks. You can just park it up, camp, live out of your vehicle for a couple of days. You don't have to worry sick. about. Yeah, dude, because there's that, that's a whole nother like rabbit hole of like cars, um, people who build like overland vehicles and they'll build them out of anything, dude, like. Like I've even seen like Miatas, like like they they put like lift kits on them, like and um it's just dope, dude. They put like big off roading tires and they'll go off roading in the Miatas and what stuff. The and fuck? yeah, dude. So it's just like you can do anything, anything you can think of with your car, you can probably do it. You know what I mean? It's just like, do you have the time? Do you have the resources? Do you have the money to do it? I mean, that's a whole nother question. Yeah, or even the care for it. And like, yeah, it's exactly. crazy because like cars could be so simple, but yeah. also could be so fucking complex. Just exactly. Based off of like obviously yeah. your interest in it, you know. Exactly, man. Yeah, and like. Even like you, you like at all, a lot of that camping stuff, you can build your on your own, right? If you're crafty and you have the power tools to do it, like, you know, go right ahead. Or you can actually get like a professional company that will like build like whatever that you, it is that you're looking for. They'll build it for your vehicle. I've seen, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. yeah. And it's pretty dope because like you can have like storage, you can have like space for like a little refrigerator and like a little like um, stove and everything like that. You can chop up like vegetables and like different foods and stuff like that, which I think it's like. It's kind of like, it's almost like, like, like a, I don't want to say like a poor vacation. Cause it's like, dude, the car costs a lot. And like, you're out in nature. You know what I mean? Like, like, I know you go to Joshua tree a lot. Yeah. And like, like that'd be fucking badass. I would say that'd be dope like that. to take yeah. to, to Joshua tree, man. Cause you can just park up like, you know, there's like plenty of parking spaces and like, you know, like little areas for you kind of like just yeah. chill and stuff. And even like to, um, like stargaze, dude, you can put a, a, a like a rooftop tent on top of your SUV or car or whatever. And you can literally sleep like on top of your vehicle like, in comfort. Like you can have a blow up mattress and everything like that. And like it, it's, it beats camping on the floor, but yeah, totally. like you, you just have to sleep on top of your vehicle. It might be a little bit tight, but dude, it's dope. And like you can wake up or you can just like chill there, watch the stars all night. And, and that's something that you can't really do like with a regular car. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you either have to bring a tent or something like that. So like there's stuff that like, like that that you can do. And a lot of people don't consider that like, oh, no, like your car is so slow, blah, blah, blah. but it's like, dude, it's not always about speed. It's about like your enjoyment of, of the time that you're putting into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, everyone is attracted to like different forms of, of, um, I guess like motor enthusiasm, I guess, you know, like some people like racing. Some people like to drift their cars. Some people like to rally race their cars. And yeah. How, how do you feel about truck culture? Uh, dude, the, the truck scene is like, I, I respect it. Cause like, I grew up in Mexico, dude, and if you had a truck, well, I didn't grow up in Mexico, but I grew up, like, going to Mexico in the summers, and, like, if you have a truck, like, you're the man, you know what I mean? So, it's just, like, and, like, sometimes I look at people here, like, with trucks, and I'm just, like, oh, dude, like, you don't need that in LA, you know what I mean? Like, like, for example, like, 
Ram has this truck called the uh, the TRX. They just released it, and they yeah, put a Hellcat engine in it. Huge, it's huge, dude. Yeah, I mean, aren't they as big as uh, like the F one F one fifty Raptors from Ford? They're bigger, bigger. They're bigger than that. What the so fuck? Can, like, could you imagine driving that in LA and trying to find a parking spot for it, or like a, a garage that can like accommodate that? It's dude, like, no, you can't. I've seen I've seen those type of trucks go down, um, go through my my drive through at my job. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's fucking hard. Yeah, like, and, yeah, it's just it's so unnecessary, you know what I mean? But that's that that's the thing about like yeah. truck culture that I fucking it blows my mind is like it's so huge. I'm like, like is it really like how necessary? Yeah. But at the same time, like they like it. But and dude, if you, know, you live like, like on the countryside or if you have the space for a truck, dude, a truck can be so much fun. Like I'll be honest with yeah. you, a truck can be so much because like, dude, you have that bed like to like just chill with your friends. You can put like crap in it you know what i mean yeah, like it's true it's like super spacious and you can go to like it's literally like, it's a it's a tailgate for it's called tailgating for a reason you know because you drop your tailgate and like you bring out like you know your ice chest you you know grill or whatever and you can have a good time at like sporting events and stuff like that and you know you're good but like you just have to live with that truck for the rest of the rest of your time unless know, it, yeah. uh, if it's not your primary car cool you know what i mean like if it's like your, your weekend thing or like if you're like into the outdoors or you like to go like you know doing other things doing truck things you know like it's it's cool to have and it's definitely resourceful. Everybody needs somebody with a truck. So get ready to be bothered. Like, oh hey man, I'm moving. Can I borrow your truck? Or like, hey man, like I bought a new couch. Can I borrow your truck? Blah blah blah. My uncle's the one in that. that my uncle's that person yeah, in our that family. Okay. And like he's always just like, oh here we go again. Like like another person needs my truck. Or like oh I need to go do this. I'm helping this person move. So it's just like I I, I can appreciate trucks. They're not really my thing. Like I. I, I wouldn't say like, oh, dude, I want a truck just because of where I live. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't, it's just not convenient for me. Yeah. But if I lived in like maybe a more rural area or, or a place that was like a little, had a little bit more space for trucks and was a little bit more truck friendly, um, I'd probably get like a cool, like, I'd probably, I wouldn't even get like a big truck. I'd want like, like a medium sized truck. And um, it's funny that you mentioned trucks, man, because like they're actually bringing back a lot of mini trucks. So Ford released, uh, I believe it's called the Maverick, and I know Hyundai released uh, the Santa Cruz. And like they're these like small like utility like trucks, like work trucks almost. So they they kind of fit that like middle ground between like a truck and like a regular sedan that you can drive every single day. You know, is it like those like the early like the early Tacomas like that size? Yeah, like those like from, like the Tacomas dude, from like the nineties. It's crazy how big yeah. they they've gotten. Like, yeah. dude, like yeah. I've seen like a like a nineties Tacoma next to yeah. like a twenty twenty Tacoma. Yeah, like, how fucking huge they got. And a lot of it is it has to do with like um, reliability that they have to have like big like cooling components as well and like um they build the reliability of the well, they build up the reliability of the car and not only that like there's a lot of laws that you don't think about when you're like looking at cars and stuff like that like pedestrian safety like i know elon musk got a lot of uh, blowback with his cyber truck because it had weird angles and they're like oh like that's never going to pass production because of um pedestrian safety like you got to think about it like when you're driving the car let's just say a pedestrian like crosses you right Engineers have to design your car in a way that if you, if it hits a person, they they can't get like impaled by like a piece mm, of the car. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like they want to make sure that the person that they're hitting has a, a good likelihood of surviving that impact. And when you start putting like these crazy designs on like, like cars, sharp corners, sharp corners or like boxy corners and stuff like yeah. that, dude, like you can Shit, kill somebody with right. that. You know what I mean? Wow, like I didn't think of that. Yeah, like, or, like, a small kid, like, you know, like, those, like, I don't want to, like, bring up, like, kids dying or anything like that, but, like, kids run into the middle of the street, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, imagine you have a big old truck, and, like, it's got, like, nasty, like, 
like angles and like edges and stuff like that you're gonna kill the kid you know what i mean versus like if you had like softer like corners or even if it, it was just like more pedestrian friendly i mean the kid might get seriously injured but they might survive you know what i mean so there's a lot to take into like car design and like things that you don't like research and development that you don't really realize exists until like it gets brought up you know so um yeah man it's uh there's just so much to talk about in cars and then like i'm excited for the future too i'm kind of sad i i i would say i'm an enthusiast like i have a stick shift car like those are dying out it's like less than one percent of the cars being sold in america have a stick shift and yeah like is there a reason why do you think um is it just because of the convenience it's just just convenience man like americans are lazy like if you go to any other like country like you'll see they everyone drives a stick shift everybody knows how to drive a stick shift you know and like having an automatic transmission is almost viewed as like a luxury in other countries it's just like oh you have like what you don't you can't use your feet like why do you have an automatic transmission you know but like i didn't even know about stick shift cars until i was like a teenager and i was just like what i was like wait so you like you have to like use both of your feet while you drive and like you have to like you don't just put it in drive you have to like row through the gears and everything like that and like it really catches your but uh yeah man so it's like as soon as i discovered uh stick shift actually one of my uh friends from high school he passed away david herrera i don't know if any of the oh. listeners know who he is but you know if he if you do just you know rest in peace dave you rest know in peace. um he taught me how to drive stick in his Carmen Ghia, you oh, know? Oh, he taught you. Yeah, and it's That's just true. like, dude, Dave, Dave, oh man, I, I'm gonna talk about Dave for a little bit. Um, He just had such an interesting taste in cars, man, because like everything was always different. Like, see, I, from the time that I knew him in high school, um, like he was always like in something new. Like he had like a dope, like T100 um, Toyota, which is kind of like a Tundra. It was like an early production Tundra. But it was a little bit smaller, which I think it was like the perfect sized Toyota. You know, it was like, it's super dope. And then he bought himself um, a 1972, I believe it was 1972, if not, it was a 1974 um, Volkswagen Carmen Ghia, which is basically like a Volkswagen Beetle. Um, it's It's literally the same car, but with like a different body. And it looks like a Dr. Seuss car. But it's one of the most beautiful cars, dude. Like it, it really grew on me. Like at first when I saw it, I was like, dude, this, this thing looks like, like the cat in the hat should be driving this. You know what I mean? But then like, I, I looked at it and like, I was like, dude, I love, I love the way, like it has like these beautiful, like, like round, like headlights. And then it has like a beautiful, like bullet nose. And then like, it has like this, like really sleek, like, um, like rear end as well. And it has like really nice, like quarter panels and everything like that. And like, you, cars like that like don't exist these days you know what i mean like there's not like an appreciation for design culture like that anymore it's kind of just more like oh like what fits in like how how light can we make the vehicle so they can like pass emissions and stuff like that but i learned how to drive stick in that car and like i'll be forever grateful for it because like it taught me like it kind of like lighted the fuse that kind of went out like like for cars like it kind of like reignited my passion for cars and like i was like dude i want to get a stick shift car one day you know and like after that i was like this has been the coolest experience ever. And then he surprised us again. He bought a Toyota uh, Land Cruiser, like an early like 60s version of it. It was basically oh, just like a metal box with like an engine and wheels. And like it was so slow and like it had a different shifter. So normally like when you're driving stick, you have like a shifter to your left, right? Well, I didn't know about this, but this was a, a three on a tree shifter. So it's like your shifter is on like the steering column uh, where, the, where your wheel is. So like all old cars like like 1950s cars had it you know and so it was like it was technology that's like super super old but like i didn't even know that it existed it only had like three gears it, and it's like one of the coolest looking cars too it's one of the most beautiful land cruisers like available right and um he had that i i don't remember what year it was but he had one of those and like dude 
like those two cars that he had like when he bought them were super cheap if you try to buy one of those now they've like almost like quadrupled in value so he was literally ahead of his time he was yeah dude like i oh man dude like i wish like he was still around dude because i i he was he was a good friend man he was he a was really an good guy person. he was like, an interesting person uh, dude, he's gone way too soon i definitely totally agree yeah and like anyone listen to this man like if you if you need help like don't fucking don't feel bad and like don't don't wait to get that help man you know like do it because like the the pain of like you know like you know taking your life and stuff like that like it really leaves an impact you know what i mean but you know rest in peace dave i miss you man i i wish you were still around because he had really good taste in cars man like like i just can't believe that like the cars he had like blew up the way they did like if you try to get a carmen gear now dude you're looking at like nine thousand dollars and he bought his car for like fifteen hundred fifteen hundred yeah fuck yeah, and like, dude, if you want to get like an FG Cruiser, like the one he has, you're looking at like fifteen thousand minimum, minimum. And he bought that car for like three grand. Dude, who knows what? what like he could have like. Done. Yeah, dude. Like he could have. He could have like flipped cars and like, I mean, I don't, dude. Like he had such great taste in cars, man. Like it's just, yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, it's funny that I bring up like the used market because like right now, like it's been one of the craziest times to buy cars because of the pandemic. Um, there's like some type of like computer trip shortage. So obviously like the availability of new cars is very limited. So what happens when you have a low supply about something like, you know, you try to look for a supply anywhere else. So used cars shot up in value, dude. Like, like my car is not like an investment. Like my car loses value. Like, you know, like it's like getting stabbed in like your jugular artery. Like you're just going to lose money. Right. Yeah. During the height of the pandemic, it went back up to like 20 grand. I was like, what the heck? I was like, my car is not worth 20 grand. I was like, I've abused Damn. it too much for it to be worth 20 grand. It's, it's worth like 16, 15 on a good day. And like, uh, and that's if like, you know, if anyone even wants to buy it, because it's a stick shift. Who the, who the hell wants to buy a stick shift car? You know what I mean? Um, other than like other enthusiasts, but they'll try to lowball you too, because they know what you have and they're not going to pay you full price for it, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, the, the the used car market is just, it's super hot, which is the same thing, man. Like I said, we were talking earlier, you know, like if you're going to buy a used car, make sure you have, you know, maintenance records, receipts, anything, anything that can help you trace like the history of the car. It's going to help you out in the long run because you don't want to buy something and then put another $10,000 into it and then. Yeah. Like, so like, what you, like, is what you're talking about like kind of like, cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a simple John when it comes to like these uh, cars yeah. and stuff like, you're, like, it's like, so what you're saying is like kind of like the Carfax type, type of thing with it. So, okay. The, the, the Carfax is great, but the thing is, like, let's just say you get into a, a car accident, right? And you go through your insurance. You're going to get that worked on whatever it was. It's going to show up on your Carfax because insurance paid for it. So Carfax was kind of created to, like, help insurance companies out and, like, you know, buyers and stuff like that to just tell them, to, like, hey, you know what? Like, this car's been wrecked or, uh, well, we had to repair, like, the door. They hit, like, um, like a pole or something like that, right? Um, but... The thing is, it only gets reported if you use your insurance. You use your insurance. Yeah, so I do know that. if yeah. you get into an accident and you pay out of pocket for it, or like you get like a major service done and you pay out of pocket for it, it doesn't get reported to Carfax. You know, so like you can blow an engine and like let's just say I cover it out of my pocket, whatever. Like that's never going to show up. So it's just like you don't even know like what you have until so how you, do you find it. Then? I mean, you got to find a mechanic you trust. Um, you know, everybody you know, has their mechanic or has somebody that they can trust. Um, and, and when I say trust, it's like, Hey, like I trust that you do good work. Like you, if you can go in and like get reviews of other people or even like, 
a lot of like the beautiful thing about YouTube, a lot of like small shops have YouTube channels now. So you can kind of rate the quality of their work based off of the off of their videos and like off of um, pe- like people's Instagrams, stuff like that. Like you can kind of and you can talk to them like I've messaged people like from shops that I've kind of like wanted to work with uh, as far as like doing like upgrades and stuff like that. You can kind of gauge the reliability as far as like, oh, like this person just posted like, oh, their engine blade. Like maybe I shouldn't go like get work done by them or stuff like that. So you kind of just like have to find like a good, reliable mechanic that you're willing to trust. And obviously it's not going to be free. Like you have to pay for it. You know, it's usually like a hundred, 200 bucks, but that hundred, two hundred dollars is going to be worth like the headaches that you're going to save in the future, you know? Um, but, um, yeah, man. I mean, it's, yeah, cars, you know, a lot of people just see them as tools, like, you know, to get from point A to point B and that's totally fine. You know, like there's a lot of cars that like are great, like daily drivers, you know, like they, they, like even like you said you have a toyota camry dude that's like one of the best cars to have to be honest with you because like you have a really reliable engine you have a comfortable car it has like good ac you know like everything is there to last and like be a good tool for you and everything like that and even if you wanted to get into like a performance car dude they have the the toyota camry um they have a trd version of it it makes like like i think either 300 or a little bit more than 300 horsepower which realistically is more than you're ever going to need like if you're driving it on the street like you want to give it a little bit of gas and like you know open it up and like the the emotion that you're going to feel is going to be the same versus like if you had like like a fast like bmw because like when you're in traffic dude everyone's going the same speed you know what i mean and like you can either be going the same speed in a comfortable car that like can fit your needs and like you know it doesn't hurt your back and you know your seats are comfortable or you can be in like a sports car with like race bucket seats and everything like that and it's like your back is going to be destroyed it's gonna be like turned to dust by the time you're done with your commute so it's just like it really just depends on what you're looking for man you know and um like electric cars are going to be the future unfortunately um that i i have like mixed feelings about them too because uh they they pollute a lot man like i know it's electric and you're like oh there's no pollution that it's emitting but like the process of mining the batteries and like manufacturing the cars it's it's a really dirty like job and it's a it's a really dirty process man it's not environmentally friendly yeah sure you you can save the environment by not spending so much on gas and you're using you know renewable energies to technically power the cars but the process of getting you know the raw materials to the final product is just really dirty um but I'm excited for the future, man, because electric cars are crazy. Have you ever driven an electric car or anything like that? Um, I've been in an electric car, but yeah. I've not driven in one. They're, dude, they're terrifying. Um, if anyone's listening, you can um, you can pretend like you're going to buy a Tesla, and you can set up an appointment to go test drive one. It's free. So oh, they really? give you half an hour with the car, and they don't even like go along with you. Because they can track the car, right? So like they can see where it's at, and like they can disable it if you're you know going too far yeah, or you're 50 miles away already. yeah like, exactly yeah so. so they give you half an hour i, I went to the one in uh, buena park because it's the closest one to me um okay. and they have like a, a good selection of cars you can choose anything from the model um s the the model 3 the model y um i i don't think you can i mean that's all you can really do i don't think they'll allow you to do like the roadster whenever it comes out or the truck whenever it comes out yeah but as far as like all their other cars it's almost like an apple store dude it's really cool you can just walk in you're like oh um you know my name is caesar i'm here for like a three o'clock appointment to test drive a car and you just have to pretend like you're interested like you're in the market for a car and um just play like the facade right or just you know play the game and like they'll walk you through they'll waste like 10 minutes of your time like walking you through the features of the car and everything like that because they're trying to sell you the car right but they'll give you 20 minutes to do whatever you want with it, man. Like you can go drive around, you can test the autopilot, which 
I don't think it's worth $10,000 because it doesn't work, man. Like it doesn't work all the time. It, it works like on a perfectly paved road with like perfectly like drawn out lines and like it'll work in like bumper to bumper traffic as far as like, you know, keeping you like at a safe distance from other cars. But like if you were like, oh, take me to the grocery store and then you put it in the autopilot mode, it'll freak out if like the lines like break up or like if they get too far and the car starts to like fishtail and like swerve, like kind of like like a bumper car or like one way I like to describe it is like if you've ever gone bowling as a kid and they raise like the bumpers up and like, you know how the ball will like bounce from bumper like side yeah. to side. That's kind of what the, the, the car feels like it's doing. It just feels like it's swaying side to side. Oh, so it's technology is not fully there, man. Like, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, like, I'm not trying to shit on like Elon Musk or Tesla or anything like that. Cause like they're still doing pretty like amazing things out there, you know, and they're developing like really cool and interesting technology and everything like that. But they're selling it as something like, oh, it's a self-driving car when really it's not like, it's kind of just like a lane keep assist almost. And they're charging people $10,000 for it. And that's a lot of money, man. Yeah. Like dude, that's turning like a $30,000 car to a $40,000 car. If you really think of it. And then like, or whatever the market value for that car is. So, um, a lot of like luxury companies are going towards like towards electric, like Rolls Royce and Bugatti. Um, I know Rolls Royce, is also part of the VW group as well as Bugatti. And they acquired um, a big percentage of a company called Remock, which is kind of like the European Tesla, um, except they only make hypercars. And um, mm. th it, it's kind of cool, man. They make uh, these dope electric bikes. They're like $8,000, but they give you like a 40 or 50 mile range and they can go up to like 28 miles an hour. What the fuck? Yeah, and they're like off-roading bikes. They're, you can take them like mountain biking. Oh, shit. And they're super fast, dude. And like... I mean, if you live in the city and you don't really have space for a car, but you have space for a bike, that's like one of the best investments ever. Because like you get like all like the, the bicycle lanes and you can you store it in your, you know, your apartment or your house or whatever. And you don't have to worry about like a big ass car or anything like that. Yeah. But um, this guy, he's like a genius. He's like a, he's like 33 or 35 years old and he has like a multi-billion dollar company. His cars have like 2000 horsepower, which like just for example what like the fuck? dude like a normal like let's just say your camera it probably makes like no more than 250 or 260 horsepower right yeah, give or take 2000 dude 2000 horsepower Wait, are these like suvs or these supercars supercars oh, super so it's like two-door like supercars oh, okay um but it has like 2000 horsepower and it's insane it's just like at one point like the, the tire technology is advanced like it's only advanced so far where like you can only put so much power down you know yeah. and it's just like with those electric motors like anything is possible and bugatti's known to have like the fastest cars in the world right the only thing that's going to smoke is an electric car so what they do they partnered up with them and now dude this guy's going to make like billions of dollars selling these cars it's it's oh, kind of cool and it kind of like it's kind of it's crazy how things come like full circle because in the 1930s um a lot of manufacturers would just shell, sell you like the the shell of the car like the chassis and the engine and like the wheels the the bodywork and like the interior would be done by like coach building company so like let's just say like oh dude i want like a special type of design that company would like build it for you and they'd mod they'd mold it out for you and you'd have a one-off car so i think that's what the future of cars is going to be it's going to just be like hey we have a rolling chassis and we're going to put like electric batteries on it, almost like a like a skateboard right and you can just design what you want your car to look like or what you want your interior to look like and i think it's we're going to see some interesting like car combinations as far as like supercars you know but um for the like the everyday driver i mean It'd be cool to have like little personalizations and stuff like that, which you can do with electric cars, man. Cause like Tesla's, they have the uh, over the air uh, downloads for like software updates. Yeah. So like you can customize, you should be able to customize your car like completely like, to the T and like 
I think the, the, the technology will be there where like the moment you sit in the car, like everything is going to just be preset to like your, what your liking is like the temperature, the temperature is going to be set how you like it. Your playlist is going to be played like what, when you get into the car and everything like that. And I, I it's going to be cool. But the sad part is like, like the enthusiasm and as far as like the, like the wrenching and everything like that, like that's going to be gone from like car communities and stuff like that. And, you know, like there's a lot of people who work for aftermarket companies who have made a really good living, uh, you know, doing what they do. And they're going to be out of business if all cars are electric, unless they decide to like adapt and, and change the products and stuff. So I don't know, man, it's it's kind of uh, it's an, we're at an interesting spot with cars, you know, because the technology to like develop like these super fast cars is already there. And it's just more like, how can we make a car like just all around like a great performing car that's going to have longevity in its, in its mechanical life and fit like the needs of the consumer and everything like that. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, didn't uh, I'm not sure if you saw, but like uh, um, Governor Newsom, he like passed a bill by like, I think 2035 uh, yeah. electric vehicles are going to be like. Yeah, that's like that's the only thing that they're going to be able to sell in California. So, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, man. Because like, I like for example, like I love the Montero that my grandpa has. You know, I'd love to keep that as like a family heirloom. But like, where am I going to keep it if I can't have a gas-powered car in California? Yeah. And not only that, it's, I don't know if that's going to happen. That's because the infrastructure for the power stations and like the time it takes to fill up your electric car. It's just not there, man. It's not developed. Tesla got a jump on it by building like their superchargers and everything. But like, like that. The, the thing is that like it has to be supercharged, or else yeah. like I'm not. You have to wait. What, you have to wait what, like, like forty five minutes an hour. An hour, dude. Who the hell is an hour? Like unless, imagine. Uh, yeah, unless you go to like a gym or like unless you're doing shit in between. But like, yeah, yeah. But like, you know who who really has who's time? Who's gonna for have that? time for that? And then not only that, who's gonna build all that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, so it's, is every single parking space gonna have to have an electric charger now? Because that's dude, like just the amount of energy that it's going to take to power all those cars all the time, it's going to be just ridiculous, you know? So it's definitely like a step in the right direction, but I think banning all cars is not like, that's just not the move, man. It's, it should, it's pretty extreme. should be encouraging the purchase of electric vehicles. Be like, yeah. Hey, like and continue the government incentives to buy yeah, like maybe like a tax vehicle. code or like, or like, like exactly. well, I mean also like what, what they're doing right now with hybrids and electric vehicles, how they yeah. let people go on the carpooling. Exactly. You know? Just incentivize people. Cause yeah. like, that's, that's one thing that I hate. It's just like when people are like, no, you're forced to do this now. It's like, no man, like you shouldn't force people to do yeah, something. It's you like positive enforcement them. rather than like negative punishment. Exactly. Yeah, dude. And it's just like, you should see the electric vehicles as a, as a positive option versus like, fuck, like I have a gun to my head. I have nothing. I have no other option. I have to get an electric vehicle. It should be more like, wow, you know, like these electric vehicles, like it's crazy. Like you get a, a tax write off or like you get a subsidy from the government and like you get all these benefits from it. You can ride in the uh, carpool and stuff like that. Like that's what would attract me to buy an electric car. Not like you can't use gas anymore. Blah, 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 blah. Like you're forced to buy electric. That's the, that's your only option. Cause I don't, I don't know, man, like, that's kind of the cool thing about capitalism and stuff like that. Like, you got to have options of the things that you like, you know, and yeah. like, and I don't want to get po like political about it or anything like that. But it's just like, it just, I don't like the fact that there's people telling you like, you can't have this car. Yeah, yeah, I, I prefer the option. Uh, yeah. It's because also, I mean, also what sucks for now, though, is a, uh, is a fucking gas prices out there. Yeah. Like, it's already almost yeah. five bucks here in, in yeah. fucking LA, in it's, California. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and especially if your car requires, like, premium. Like, oh, rest in peace, dude. Because, like, I've seen gas prices at, like, 580 in LA. 580? Yeah, dude. And, like, like downtown LA or, like, you know, out in LA somewhere, like, it'll be a 580. And I even, I went to the beach recently in Malibu. It was, like, almost $6 out there. Jesus. And I was just, like... 
well, these people have the money to pay for it, but I don't. So, yeah. like, I don't know, man. Like, it just... Dude, it blows yeah. my mind how, like, I, I, I wish I knew the reason I don't. But, like, why the fuck are gas prices different everywhere? Uh, it depends on, like, state and local taxes. Um, so, for example, like, if you go to, like, a neighboring state, like, in Arizona, like, dude, the the gas is, like, usually, like, a dollar, dollar fifty cheaper out there just because they have less like taxes and stuff like that on it that makes sense la hollywood they have the highest tax bracket like everything gets taxed like crazy out there um if you if you guys are like live locally in the area um if you can get gas in like city of industry it's usually a little bit cheaper there you'll see it'll get like 20 30 cents i know it's only 20 30 cents and like even if you have a a 10 gallon tank like it's maybe a dollar 50 or two dollars that you save but it adds up man like you get gas twice a week you know, eight times a month, it'll, it'll add up. It's like 10, 20 bucks here and there, you know, but, um, it's all based off of state local tax. So if you're like in the OC somewhere, or you're like in a place that has like high taxes, you're going to find higher gas prices. Yeah. I I remember when I lived in a central Valley. Yeah. Um, back in 2015. Yeah. Um, dude, I, at one point gas was like a dollar 80. Yeah. Yeah. I was fucking mind blown. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and like any like rural spot, you'll find gas like way cheaper unless you live like in a hard to like access area. Like for example, like if you go to like Big Bear or like you go to like the mountains somewhere or the yeah. desert and it's hard to access gas or it's like a long way from like like developed like modern civilization, it's usually a little bit more expensive. Supply and as demand, well. you know. Exactly. But if you have like a good sized population, you have like a good uh, sized amount of um, like consumers and stuff like that, like, you know, you'll you'll probably you get better gas prices, you know. So but yeah, man, gas prices will bury you and they'll definitely bury uh, gas powered cars, which is kind of sad, but you know, it is what it is, man. You know, got to pay to play, I guess. <laughs> got to pay to play. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, so like um, with the YouTube channel, yeah. Um, you mentioned how like, okay, so it's named Chris Basulto and yeah. like, what are, what's your idea on like, on like trying to rebrand it so um like i said right now man like i'm probably just going to keep it like this until i graduate and then once i graduate it's going to be kind of like my little side project and like almost like a resume builder as well i mean it already is like dude this is already like a passion project you started true true but i I would want to rebrand myself and um like i mentioned i uh, earlier i want to name it um final drive just because like it's kind of like a take on um your gearbox like a a gas powered gearbox has a, a a a gear called the final drive gear and it kind of sets the tone for the vehicle and everything like that so i just figured it's it's a creative name i can i can use that for yeah, my channel and it's very relatable to it, what you're doing exactly so like, yeah obviously people who are gonna know like oh cool like exactly and yeah. it'd be like you know final drive kind of like your final opinion on a vehicle as well you know what i mean yeah. so um but what i want to do with it is you know a lot of youtube channels like they're always like oh this is the latest ferrari this is the latest like mclaren this is the latest lamborghini or like a high-end vehicle like north of 120 grand right and like Obviously, like the manufacturer is going to want to show their best products, right? But not everyone can afford those cars, man. Like I can't afford those cars. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I can like if, if there's a car that's like thirty thousand dollars that can you know fit your budget and everything like that. Like that's that that would be like a big like step, you know, especially for like young people like us, you know. So what I'd want to do is like I'd want to I'd want to have a, like a, a segment called like bottom of the barrel bargains, and I actually I have one video of that, and it's with the Jeep Gladiator. So um, my mom has a has a Jeep. Grand Cherokee, um, and it needed service, of course, because, you know, something happened, and it's a Jeep, and Jeeps break down a lot, and as a loaner car, they lent us a, a, a Jeep Gladiator for two weeks, and it's like, their, it's Jeep's truck, and it was really cool, but it's the bottom of, like, the barrel, like, it had, like, no options, like, the, the seats were cloth, and I've seen, if you see, like, a really nice Gladiator, like, dude, 
they have like seats that look like couches like that are super comfortable and like they're like all there and everything like that and like the infotainment center is like all like waterproof and stuff and like when you look at like the base model it's like hey like what am i getting for like the 30 40 thousand dollars that i'm spending so it's kind of just like for consumer advice people who don't really get to see the model that either they can afford or that they're looking to get because not everyone wants the top of the line you know what i mean like some people just want the vehicle for the image that it might portray or like um it might fit a certain lifestyle or maybe they got a good deal on it, like a good discount or something like that. And I just want to show people like, hey, man, like there's more options than just having like, you know, a half a million dollar sports car on your YouTube channel. People are interested in other things, you know, and even um, like buying like like old like beater cars and just seeing what like a thousand dollar car can do or like a two thousand dollar car can do for you. Because I, I know a couple of people that will buy a, like a two thousand dollar car thousand or fifteen hundred dollar car and they'll fix what they can and they'll live with it for a year or two and when it dies it dies and they just move on to something else and they don't have to worry about having a car payment or anything like that and if that fits your lifestyle then it's like dude so be it you know what i mean but yeah. if you want something reliable if you you have like a family or you got to get to work on time and stuff like that you don't want to be dealing with headaches like oh my car is broken down i can't use it for two weeks i mean you know buy a car you know or buy a, like a reliable car at least you know um but um yeah like just my, my focus for the channel is kind of just uh just to get it going get the ball moving on it seeing what sticks you know because you got to try it before finding out what what's going to stick and what's going to stick around and stuff like that like yeah. not everything that you do is going to do well or you know you learn from the mistakes of the videos that do bad and then you learn from the good things of the videos that do good uh again my most successful video has twenty eight thousand views which is nothing for youtube i'm not bragging about that or anything like that and my least successful one has 52. And I, when you look at them, like you have to be honest with yourself and you have to critique yourself. You're like, hey man, like what did I do wrong here? What could I have improved in this video for the future? And it's kind of just what I'm building off of right now. Just seeing what works and see what technique works and stuff like that. So Yeah, dude, yeah. I mean, it's all about like taking time in the craft, you know? Exactly. And like, it's definitely, it's, it's a, something that's really cool seeing a lot of people at, your, at, our, at our age, you know, yeah. like kind of stepping away from like looking for like those nine to five jobs and like exactly. seeing like those little passion projects they can do starting yeah. their own business or like yeah. just starting their own like projects and seeing what they can do with it you know yeah because yeah, man dude if you can build like self-reliance and you don't have to worry about like a job and you don't have to worry about like this i mean every job is going to have stress even if it's your dream job you're still there's still going to be a little bit of stress right 100 percent. and yeah. like feeling uncomfortable is part of being human you know so like you're you're going to have stresses that are that can probably take a toll on you like even with your dream job but like at least you're learning from it and like you're enjoying what you do and how much would it suck if like you're at a job and you hate what you do i hate my current job you know it's cool but like it's not like i don't plan on staying there forever you know what i mean it's just like it it kind of just builds this idea of like self-reliance and like this extra set of income dude because it's so expensive to live in southern california even like just like like your day-to-day expenses and like rent and stuff like that like a lot of, and a lot of people can't buy houses because like, dude, like you're going to buy like a $700,000 home and like, how are you going to pay for that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, in order to just live by yourself, dude, like yeah. a lot of people need two jobs. Exactly. Like, it's yeah. Crazy, and, you know? and, so just finding another source of income. Is- and that's 16 hours of your day sometimes if you have two eight hour jobs, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, where, where's that time for like your mental health and like for you know, like relationships that you can have outside of work, whether it be like romantic or just like, like just with friends and stuff like that, dude, it's like, that takes a toll on you, you know? Yeah. So yeah man if you can if you have a skill set or if you're trying to like even if you've only ever thought of it like oh like oh i kind of want to try that but like i don't really know 
like how I'm gonna do it. So just go do it. Like, what's the worst that's gonna happen? You're gonna fail. You're gonna fail if you don't try it anyway. Like, yeah. you might as well just go out there and do and it. And also, like, failures are like some of the best lessons in life. They really are, man. And like, yeah. that's what like people, I guess, a lot of um, like that's what trips me out about like when people are scared to do shit because I'm like, yeah. dude, like the like, you know, like it's better to go into something hopeful and like you know like like yeah. if you fail, dude, then you learn. Yeah. But like, what's the alternative to being hopeful? Like, what's the alternative? Nothing. You're just, you're living, you're going to live a life of regret, man. And like, I think that's what sucks too. Cause I've, I've like had moments where I'm like, fuck, like I should have done this or I should have done that. I could have been doing this or that. Like I used to be a business major and like, I thought I wanted to go into like business and stuff like that. But like, it wasn't until like, I went to business school, I failed out of business school. And I was like, what, like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? And I was working full time for like two years. And I was like, well, this is a decent income, but I can't like live on my own with this. And then I was like you know what, man, like, I've always been passionate about cars, and I've always, like, I've always been really well at writing, like, I always get, like, English has been one of the only things I can get an A in, <laughs> you know, like, math, I cannot do, I had you for my calculus class I in high school, that, and I yeah. would just give up, I would just sleep, I was like, Mr. Ho, I'm sorry, like, you're a great teacher, I just don't know what the hell you're talking about, you know, and I just, I, ever since that, like, I just, I've, I have a horrible math background, but I, I can do writing, and I can write, like, decent stories and essays and stuff like that, so, I want to go into like marketing or um, even just autom automotive journalism, anything like that has to do with cars and writing. I just want to be a part of it, you know. Um, and funny thing that you mentioned uh, about like doing things um, and like not being afraid of doing it. I, like you mentioned earlier, I'm also I also like to do stand up comedy on my free time. I was literally about to do that segue. Yeah, yeah so I just I'm wanted like to segue on, into speaking it. on working on your craft, bro. Like yeah, yeah. So like. <laughs> Um, when did you start doing like stand up, dude? I mean, look, I don't consider myself a funny person, but like, I just feel like um yeah i just like i'm not good with like people and like meeting new people and like a lot of times man like if you can just make somebody laugh like that kind of like opens them up to you and like i do a lot of sales as well and like there like you can tell right away when you have a good sales pitch and when you have like a flop you know what i mean like if you can come off as like a funny person you can crack a joke if you can just like come off as like a friendly person that interaction that you're gonna have with that person is gonna be a lot different versus like how can i help or like oh, well, you need to buy this or you need to do that. And, like, that's just a boring, like, no good, like, conversation, you know what I mean? But, like, when you open up and you can talk to people and you can, like, dissect somebody with just by using your words, I think that's, like, a, an amazing skill set to have. So what I wanted to do with stand-up comedy, it's, like, I, I, I mean, dude, everybody listens to Joe Rogan, but I also listen to, like, other, like, comedians and, like, they have podcasts as well and stuff like that. And, like, they just talk about their struggles and, like, how like they were insecure about themselves and like I don't want to say like they hated like or they hated themselves I don't want to say like I hate myself or anything like that but like everyone is a little bit self-critical about themselves you know yeah. and um I'm just not like I would get nervous like speaking in front of crowds and like speaking in public and stuff like that so I was like what's the best way to combat that is kind of just to throw yourself on the front lines and deal with your problem right yeah. so I was like you know what like I'm gonna try stand-up comedy there was like there's before the pandemic there's like hundreds of like open mic pages and like i would do open mics in like pomona i do them in um like the the oc or like la and stuff like that and you meet a lot of cool people um there's people out there that just do it for fun you know a lot of times it's at a bar so you can have a couple of drinks and they let you go up for free you don't have to pay um paying always sucks but it's never anything crazy I've, i don't think i've ever paid more than two dollars to do a set and it's kind of just to like help the host out because like you know, they're struggling people, those people are struggling too. And like, what's $2, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. much, you know? And for that, you get five minutes of stage time and you get to just like, just talk about what's on your mind, man, you know, like, and, and it's almost like a fun, like brain exercise. It's like, it's like a puzzle almost because every crowd is different, man. Like I've, dude, I've performed at a bar in um, like Boyle Heights that also, so like right after the, the open mic, they do um, drag 
like oh, competitions <laughs> or like drag things right and i was oh, just no. like i didn't know about that and i was doing that mic around christmas time so like i was the last person to go up on set and like there was like four people in the crowd and like even those four people like even though you have like one person listening like you're still performing for them and like you're still talking to a crowd and like it helps you get over that fear so as i was finishing up my set like i saw like 12 like drag santas like walk in i'm like the fuck is going on you know and like i stuck around for a little bit and they were, they were put on a drag show after and like it's just weird man like you just you go to like the weirdest spots and like you meet like interesting people and stuff like that and it's not something i ever like pictured me doing and i don't think i would i wouldn't pursue it like professionally because i just don't like i said i don't i don't really think of myself as like a funny person but i'll say like 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 just weird things sometimes and it'll get a laugh you know and like if i can get over that fear of like talking to people or like talking to big crowds and stuff like that i i would consider that success and you can use the lessons learned from that with especially because you were um you do communications right like you know public speaking isn't everyone's forte you know so like if you can build that muscle and you can work out that muscle of public speaking i mean if you have to do a presentation for work or like if i want to work in marketing and i need to reach out to like other people you have to learn to be presentable and like, use the right vocabulary and like use the right words to like like draw in a crowd because like that's 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 just such a big um like factor in selling and like even just like human communication as well it's just like how how can i appeal to you like what can i say to you in the first 30 seconds of our interaction that's going to make you stick around for this conversation because how many times have you had a conversation with someone and it's like 30 seconds in like i just don't want to talk to you anymore you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, it do, it, I think it definitely has a lot to do with uh, the performance of what you're yeah. doing. You know, because yeah. like, yeah, um, a lot of times the words like do play a big role in what you're saying, but also has to do with how you're saying it. You exactly. know, like with how, like yeah. how, how you articulate your voice, or your yeah. words, timing, you know, your, too. Your, your timing, yeah. like your your voice, your, um, the tone of your voice, you know, the speed of your voice, yeah. all of this plays a yeah. plays a a part of it, and it's just. Um, I could imagine how, I mean, because I've always wanted to do open mic, dude. And I think, um, I remember 2020, the beginning of 2020, like all of us fools, like we all had plans. We had no yeah. idea what was going on. Oh, yeah. I wrote a, I wrote a list of goals that I wanted to accomplish 2020. And yeah. one of my goals was to do an open mic. Yeah. Dude, and, I'll take you, man. Like I, they have some now, but it's just like, it, I, it, depending on like how comfortable you are with COVID, my grandfather lives with me. So it's just like, I don't. I feel like I, and I don't, I don't want to blame him for like me not being able to do things, but like, I don't trust the people who are at those mics that have, you know, I don't know if they've taken like precautions and like, you, you have to take off your mask to like be on the microphone. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know, like the whole point of code is like people are spitting in the air and stuff like that. And you can get, you know, you contagious like that. And I'm just like, everyone's spitting into this mic and you're all sharing this mic and you got to have it really close to your mouth. And it's just, like, I just don't know how I feel about that just yet. And I, and you need to have like a live audience. You can't do like a Zoom show where it's just like, oh, like, oh, and like they go like Dude, with their hands. Dude, I can imagine you know? it being so like awkward. It's just yeah. awkward. You need to have that human interaction, you know? And like, you need to feel out the crowd. Cause like, dude, like I've done, I, I went to a brewery one time and there was like families and stuff like that. So you have to keep your, your jokes like PG-13. And there's other times where I've been to dive bars where it's just like, there's like biker dudes and like dudes playing pool, like with those like scary bars. And you can get a little bit dirtier and you can like, you know, talk shit and stuff like that. And like, they'll enjoy it because like that's their like it's all in the crowd exactly yeah so it's like it's really just building those that skill set of like how how can i read a crowd how can i dissect this conversation and like grab people's attention that's what i that's what that's why i do it and you can add like funny jokes to that like funny things like how many times have you like 
I'm sure everybody talks to themselves that's like just you know like it's it's not like a crazy person right but like just like oh like I need to do this blah 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 or like you read something or like you see something on the news and like you're like oh and then you have like a like a dark take on it or like a funny take on it and you're yeah. just like oh my god that'd be so funny like I should write that down and if you can do that man like you have what it takes to just go up on stage you know and like you have a nice recorder like you can just like if you take like 10 20 minutes of your days in the morning or at night before bed and just like talk about like funny things or like just talk about like like weird things that happened to you like weird experiences weird encounters that's all comedy man like all it all it really is is just like how can i relate my story and like have it be funny for for my listeners or for like anyone who's listening you know so yeah it's it's it's, it's a trip and i'm not a professional i wouldn't even say like i'm i i'm like a oh i'm an open mic or blah 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 but like i do i love it dude it's so much fun like the fear the anxiety that you get from doing it is it's so much fun man and I'm sure like if you do it for a couple of years, you will build that muscle and you'll get used to like just speaking in public. It's just COVID just set everybody back like a year or two, you know, and yeah. I don't want to like just be like, oh, like I I'm blaming COVID for everything because I don't I don't want to be I don't want to have that be the reason why I don't do it. You know, it's just I have to t think of other people like where I live and like I can't just be like, well, if I live by myself, I can, you know, do whatever I want. And if I get sick, I get sick and I'll, you know, deal with it on my own. But I have like other people to worry about, too. So yeah yeah dude um i mean i've been wanting to do it, so definitely once like once everything like uh once everything feels more comfortable for both of us we should like i, I definitely want you to be my first 100 will, will you be dude. my first yes yes yeah i'll, I'll right. go slowly <laughs> <laughs> i'm just joking man yeah, but uh literally dude like like i said like most sets are like three to five minutes long so like if you can get three to five minutes worth of material think of it it's like a like a class presentation or something like that yeah. and like you have to sell yourself in the first minute and like grab their attention and like one of my favorite comedians his name's joey diaz um Dude, he's I, fucking everyone knows he's him fucking yeah, hilarious. he's hilarious yep. one of the greatest pieces of advice from his podcast that i got was like he's like you gotta stick a finger in their ass and like you have to like get them with like a joke that's like kind of disturbing but like kind of like gets them like going or like thinking and then like once you have their attention like in the first like 30 seconds to the first minute like they'll pay attention to you or, or they'll you'll leave like a lasting impression on them and they'll remember you. And, um, for example, like I went to a show one time I was, I was, uh, I went to see Burt Kreischer and he, again, he's another big comedian, you know, who's here in, in uh, Brea, but he brought this guy who at the time was, um, he was still like up and coming. He'd been in comedy for like eight years, but he was still considered like up and coming. His name's Jesus Trejo. One of the funniest like guys I've ever seen, dude. Like I thought he was funnier than like Burt Kreischer, who was the headliner. He's supposed to be the funny, like the funny guy, right? Yeah. Dude, this guy was like on fire, dude. And like he had this like joke about like um like Chile babies, like uh like uh, he's just like oh different Chiles but same bowl or something like that. So like like dude, in that for some reason that one like just that one joke like got me. And I was just like, dude, that was the funniest thing I've ever thought. Like it was so crafty and like I obviously I butchered it and I didn't do it justice. But like because of that one joke, it like his name stuck with me. And like I went home, I followed him on Instagram and I've been following him for like 5 6 years and he has like this really cool show on um, I think it was like First We Feast, like the same show as like Hot Ones, yeah. but he does like street tacos and stuff like that. Oh, shit, and he yeah. interviews people while they eat tacos and it's pretty dope. I think it's called Tacos con Todo and it's like it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, he, he interviews like UFC fighters and comedians and stuff, so it's dude, cool. Um speaking of First We Feast, that YouTube channel has so many like good ass shows, dude. Yeah. Like they recently came out with a show called Pizza Wars. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like it's fucking sick. Um 
and it has to do with pretty much like there's one there's a host a yeah. hostess um she's a um like she's a chef and she like and she's trying to become like a like a mass like a, a artisan like pizza like master yeah. so she invites all these different chefs from all over the world yeah mostly from united states that are as well known for their type of pizza whether it's brooklyn um, yeah or whether it's like deep dish a new york style brooklyn style like yeah uh and they just um they, they they create their own like pizzas and they oh, and and they like compete with and a judge comes and eats mm. it and like they, and like usually the judge is just a celebrity. I love I love like it's just like here in America we have like shows that entertain us and it's just like one dude just comes and eat and like he's like the pizza expert and it's just yeah. like I love seeing like titles like that like oh like my name's John I'm a pizza expert and like and he's just like oh and like they're just like shitting on this pizza it's like oh like I can tell this goat cheese is like not like to par like it was like milked yesterday or something you know what I mean it's just like I just think that's so funny dude like there's like stuff like that I you know, know? people are so fucking like intricate with like what yeah. they taste I mean it's a trip though like I Actually, um, like being an expert in shit, like yeah. being able to pick up notes, whether it's some yeah. food or like, even with like alcohol, with wine, with yeah. beer, with weed, dude. Like, yeah, dude. I'm pretty sure there's people out there who make a living off of just I, smoking weed, and they're like, hmm, I get like, like a, I get a little uh, earthy, you know, earthy, like, or like, oh, this tastes like blueberries, or yeah, like, and it's fuck? just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, just smoke and fucking move on with your yeah. day, dude. It's like, I mean, dude, I was able to pick up, um, um, working at working with coffee. I I started drinking just black coffee because. Yeah. I wanted to get um, get used to the taste. Yeah, yeah. And then I started um, noticing a flavor, picking up flavors, hints and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, like um, one of the weirdest hints I ever picked up was a, uh, was um, I mean like I I've gotten like blueberry, I've gotten like walnut, I've gotten marshmallow before. Yeah. I've gotten like cotton candy one time. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like I that's don't know. that's a trip too. It's, it's so just like, weird, dude. Like how you're able to taste like yeah, like or even just to notes. confuse it into the flavor. You know what I mean? Because like coffee is such a strong and like bitter taste, and I love black coffee. That's how I drink it. Like I. I, I'm lactose, and uh, the, when when I went to Jeremy with you, and you gave me like oat milk, like it changed my life because I didn't even know that existed. Oat milk is bomb. Oat milk is so yeah, good. I, dude. I think it's the best milk alternative because the texture is it's almost as thick as like two percent. Yeah, but the taste, like like the nuttiness, so adds good. a flavor to yeah. whatever you're drinking. Especially with the coffee, it's just it's so yeah. good, man. But normally, like I like if I'm drinking like a hot coffee, it's it's just black. But if it's like an iced coffee, if I can, oat milk because it's like yeah, it changed my life, dude. Like. Like ever since like you 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 introduced me, I forgot what it was. I I don't remember was the it drink. Was like, it might have been like a mocha drink. Oh mocha, like yeah. a mocha drink, and it was with oatmeal. I was like, oh my god, it's so good. It tastes like abuelita, like hot chocolate, but like with I don't know, like a nutty twist to it, like a nutty vanilla twist to yep. it. It was delicious. But um, yeah, man. I mean, it just goes to show you that like comedy can be interpreted into so many different ways. Like, there's not one way to do it, and like everyone's style is different you know like there's famous comedians who like uh, like mitch for example like mitch hedberg he was like known for non sequiturs which is basically just like one-liners and like one of one of my favorite jokes of him is just like oh rice is great when you want two when you want something to eat and you want two thousand of something and like you <laughs> what know, the fuck? Like, yeah and like you don't you don't think about that but just like holy crap like that's right like if i want rice like like even two scoops of rice is probably like 200 little things of rice you know yeah. what i mean and uh another one of my favorite ones of, of his jokes is just like Oh, it doesn't matter how how much I practice at tennis. Um, I'm never gonna be better than a wall, you know what I mean? So it's like you're playing tennis to go up against the that. wall, and it's just like like some like like dumb things like that. And then there's people like um, like oh my god, like even like Dave Chappelle who like will take 20 minutes on a joke and like it'll be like pitch Dude, quiet and then. Guy 
he's just a genius dude yeah, and then like know, he'll grab your attention in like the last like 10 seconds of his joke like people like on the floor like having heart attacks I, laughing. I, I think one of his last specials he said how he was so good at doing jokes like yeah. he, he did a reverse yeah or like uh, he, 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 told, he did a punchline yeah. where like so i kicked her in the pussy and i kicked her in and the then pussy he just fucking started just talking and he just yeah and like and then he just went off and like it just cut, grabbed you by surprise you were not expecting that and it's just like that is just such a major talent but he's been doing it for 20 30 years you yeah. know what i mean it's just like you just you get good at something once you keep doing it, you know? And that's, that's the thing, like, a lot of people, like, especially if, if you ever thought about doing comedy, it's just, like, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, I, I did it for, like, a little over a year, and, like, I had maybe five minutes of material that was okay. Like, three, minute of it, three minutes of it was okay, and the other two minutes was just, like, oh. Like, you're so part trying to uh, figure it out. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah, dude, and it's just, like, I mean, I, I went bald at an early age, so that was kind of, like, a, like, one of like the main things I would talk about, like okay. I'd wear beanies to sets and I'd be like, I'm not wearing beanies cause it's cold just cause I'm going bald. And I just didn't, I was, just, I'm just too embarrassed to show you guys, you know? And like, yeah, man. And it's just like, you just like, if you can make fun of yourself, like that's probably the best way to start because then you're not taking yourself so seriously. You're not thinking of it as like, Oh my God, like my, the perception of people. And I, and I've kind of applied that to, to real life, man. Like don't take yourself, I mean, take yourself seriously, like professionally and everything like that. But like, like you should be able to laugh about yourself. Yeah. You know? Like don't be too like, hard on yourself. Exactly. Either. Yeah. Like if you're like, ah, oh, dude, like I'm so stupid, I shouldn't have done that, or like, ah, oh, like, and be honest with yourself, man. Because like, once you're honest with yourself, like, you know, like you can do anything, and like you won't, you know, you'll be more open to like opportunities that you probably wouldn't have done before, you know, and um, like stand up, you know, like going out and like going to bars and stuff like that, and like just talking about like, you know, like you know, picking up, like, weed in, like, a small town, you know, and, like, because I, ha I had an experience in time where, like, I was, I was picking up, and, like, one of my friend's mom, like, she showed up, and, dude, I was caught, I was, like, a deer in the headlights, what dude, the yeah, and I was just, like, ah, because <laughs> it's, like, it was, like, in a little shopping center, and I guess there was, like, a yoga studio there, and she was gonna go do yoga, and then she's just, like, she's, like, Chris, and I was, like, like i'm not gonna say who whose mom it was or anything like that, but I was, like, oh, hello, like, and she's, like, what are you doing here, and I was just, like, uh, and it's just, like, a yoga studio, dentist and then dispensary, like, dispensary. <laughs> so I was just like oh and then she's just like oh my god like you're here for this I was just like oh no like I'm here to go get my teeth cleaned and it's just like That's what's the doctor's hilarious. name and I was just like uh and like dude she just caught me right-handed so it's just like and then like if you can take like experiences like that like yeah it might be uncomfortable in the moment but like if you can just like take from it what you can and like make it funny and just learn to take it as like a learning experience you know what I mean and, like obviously like you'll experience different things as you get older and like as you mature and your points of view will differ as well and like you just build your, build yourself up like that you know and just have fun with it man because if you're not having fun with it you're not gonna have a good time and it's just, it has to be fun um and it's gonna suck like you'll probably have like anxiety going up or like driving to the place and like like you have to write your name down on like a fucking journal and stuff like that and you're like the 14th person going and then up you're like you're counting down you're and like oh, you're shit, nervous like, I, I could imagine like being like the next one like your fucking heart's probably oh like, beating yeah so dude hard. and like you're just sweating like crazy and then you realize like oh there's only six people in here and they're drunk and they don't really care what you have to say so just like just make them laugh and if you can make them laugh like you know you'll have a good time man you know and yeah. and just it's about like building friendships and relationships with people who are also like in the same boat as you who want to like try their hand at comedy and sometimes you're going to fail and sometimes you're going to do really good and you'll be like wow dude like i'm never going to get that good but other times like you'll go up and people will fucking like laugh at everything you say and it's just like oh dude i have like this magical power to make people laugh and 
it, it really like it like every night is different because like, you can be like on a high night and like just like have a good time and then you'll go to like another one the next day and like no one's gonna laugh at the exact same set that you just did like for another crowd that laughed at everything so it's just like you gotta adapt and it's just part of life like it's a life lesson too like you like like look at covid man look how many people had to adapt they had to like start their own businesses or they had to do this and that and like it kind of just teaches you like you should always be like moving and like you should always like find a way to like adapt and like overcome obstacles and stuff like that so yeah it's a good exercise it's a good exercise to do man so like i said whenever you're ready and as long as you know things don't look too, too sketchy at the places i'm always down to go you know yeah, yeah dude um i remember when i first uh, like when i wrote down the list of wanting to do open mic uh i i did it in the thought of uh doing uh poetry rather than doing yeah. uh, stand-up yeah but i feel like stand-up um there's more risk and more like I feel like it would be more fun than doing something with like with poetry. Um, yeah, dude, because like poetry, like you have to you have to kind of like keep up a rhythm. You know what I mean? And like, dude, if you can't like get that rhythm going, or like if the jokes aren't landing, like it's kind of hard because like now you've you're set on this rhythm, right? And like you you have to do poetry, you know. So it's just yeah. gonna be like, that can be hard. Versus like, oh, like I used to have like this this joke about Chipotle. Um, like i was like oh dude going to chipotle is like kind of like going back to your ex like you, you like you're for sure gonna get um you're gonna get sick and you're gonna need to go to the hospital and get like injections to get better it, it's uh, i i had it written down dude it's just it's been so long but like it was just stuff like that but like sometimes that doesn't hit and then one time like like you'll have like two weeks where like a topic will be popular in the news and like you can just like ride the wave but like that's material that's not going to stick you probably don't want to like hold on to it you know what i mean yeah. and like you can go like back and forth a lot sometimes there's like crowd work like you can make fun of somebody in the crowd or like you know something like cool right and like one of the open mics i used to go to was in a bar and it was an open open mic like you would want to play guitar and you go ahead if you want to sing go ahead if you want to do poetry go ahead you want to do comedy go ahead it was like a free-for-all right and um there was this kid he was like he was a latino kid and like he had like his like nice guitar and like he was really good he was playing but it was around the time Coco came out, and I was just like, and then like I had my friend with me, and I was, and like as he was playing, I was like, "Remember me," because <laughs> like, dude, he looked like the kid from Coco. Like oh I swear, God, like I don't want to be like racist or anything like that, but like he looked like, and he was playing like his like acoustic guitar, like all like like Spanish style and everything like that. And I was just like, "Remember," and the dude were just like cracking up in the back. But like you know, it's like it's like honest humor. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like. I'm like, oh, this guy fucking sucks, blah, 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 get him off stage. It was just like, you just got to like crack your jokes here and there, you know? Uh, so. Yeah, also being, being able to improvise like that, it's, it's definitely like, it's it's super like fun and rewarding. Like, keeps you sharp, dude. Yeah. Keeps you sharp, you know? And like, like I said, you, you got to improvise and adapt to every situation. Every, everything is going to be different and not everything's going to be the same. So, um, yeah, man, like I'd love to have you, you know? Because like, it's scary going to those things by yourself because you're just like, yeah that's the it, thing it, going by yourself yeah is dude fucking... it sucks and then like it's hard to find people who are like down to go like all the time and like sometimes i'd have friends who'd be like yeah dude i'll go with you to this one or like i'll, I'll do this one as well and i have uh, like other friends same thing kind of like you they were kind of like interested they would dabble in it one of them is really good um i'm not gonna say names because i don't know if he's gonna listen to this or not but like he's really good man and like he just gets nervous and he gets nervous in front of people but like if you were just having a beer with him dude he's one of those guys where like every sentence he says like it's just something funny Fuck. dude and it's just like i've told him like dude if you just like sit down and you just calm down just have some like, beers dude exactly like, yeah and dude yeah i never go up sober like i always have at least two beers in me and like and same thing don't drink and drive guys like if you're gonna drink like you know make sure you're good to drive before you go since we were talking about cars earlier i don't condone drinking and driving it's not good 
Um, but like, you're going to go up, don't get too hammered. Cause like, then you're going to be stumbling on your, on your stuff. And then like, you might say something you don't want to say or, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah, like, that, like alcohol, like removes a filter almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, dude. But uh, you definitely like my, my routine used to be like, take a shot and then have two beers. And then by the time, like they call your name up, it's been like an hour and a half. It's kind of like, you kind of like, you got over that like initial, like, I'm drunk. Yeah, <laughs> but like, and yeah. you're coming down, you get creative, you know what I mean? And beer gets you really creative, man. Have so. you ever done it high? Um, I, of course. <laughs> like, uh, but the thing is like, I don't like doing it like that because like, it feels like it slows you down, man. Like it slows, it slows down your, your, your thinking process almost to like the point where like, like, like I said, you only have three minutes and like, you might spend your whole three minutes on one joke because you're taking Cause too you're long. Cause you're so high that you're just Yeah. Or like, or you'd be like, what am I talking about again? And then, then just like, then at oh, that point, God. they're just like, get this guy off the stage, off the stage, man. You know what I mean? But like, I have funny stories about like being high and you can tell that on stage. You know what I mean? So it's just like. I'm not saying like, and everyone's different, man. Like maybe it might be easier for you to do it like that. I'm not going to like knock you off for doing it. Like if it helps you with your nerves, dude, go ahead. Cause there's some people who can like, you know, they'll be like, like stoned or like, like completely trashed and like, they'll do really well. You know what I mean? So everyone has a different style. I just can't go up. Um, you know, I crazy. remember I saw a YouTube video. I think uh, the, uh, the comedian was a Theo Van. Theo Van? Yeah. Theo yeah. Van where he, uh, he did a set while he was on mushrooms. Yeah. And like, I remember the first, like the first 30 seconds, he's like, what else? Like, he was, yeah, like, dude. he already lost track of it, but then like, he just killed it for like another like 20 yeah. minutes. And there's some people who are gifted, but he's been doing that for like 15, 20 years, you know? So it's kind of like one of those things, like I've been doing this long enough. I can kind of do it like intoxicate if you're just starting out like you can do it like kind of drunk because like it just makes you like a little bit braver and like it kind of removes that filter of like anxiety almost you know but the thing is you don't want to rely on alcohol to go up you don't want to have that because then it's just like it kind of defeats the whole purpose of you learning from those experiences that's true because it's just like i like i said i want to use that to like build or like further my career in either marketing or journalism and like speaking to like manufacturers and the public and stuff like that and I don't want to be the only way I don't want that, that to be like, oh, I can only do that if I'm intoxicated. Yeah. Because then that's like, that's not professional either. You yeah. know what I mean? So I so, assume you, you I, uh, do you ever go like completely sober as well? No, no. No. Cause it's just like, dude, you're at a bar and it's just like, it's not fun. You know, everyone yeah, else is the drinking. Environment and, as well, yeah. Probably. And it's just like, it's kind of like running without stretching almost, you know, it's just like, you kind of have to have like, especially if the environment's at a bar everyone's drinking and if you're gonna be this if you're not gonna be on their level like you're not gonna be able to like break through to them you know so like yeah i'm not encouraging like heavy drinking but like if you can have like a beer or two and you can handle your stuff and like a lot of those things are like three or four hours long anyway and like everybody supports each other like yeah so everybody supports each other man like it's always like a really uh like open environment like you can do whatever you want like the only time you'll you'll get like cut early is if like your stuff is too like dirty or like too dark you know what i mean but like that's almost like an immediate crutch like it's easy to have a good set if you're like a dirty comic or like a like if you just use like a lot of cuss words and you use like profanity and stuff like that and i, I do too you know i'm not like i'm not saying like oh like i'm clean i'm a clean comic no no no, no not at all like i like to do dirty stuff too because it's like it's fun dude like like you get like different it's a rush the reactions of people as yeah. well i can imagine and it's almost like the most relatable subject but if you can get someone to laugh about a subject that they had no idea about or if you can turn like a dark subject into like something funny like bring light to it then like dude like go right ahead you know what i mean and it's all about taking chances too man like you can't be afraid to like take a leap of faith and and you know like try a new joke or try something that like you're not fully comfortable with or like maybe it's like it's there's like heat like involved around it and i like 
for example, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll say it like, um, a while back, uh, and this is the same thing, like it was a new story for like a while, right? Like the women's soccer team beat like the Thai women's soccer team, like 22 or like 15 and 0 or something like that. Oh. And I was just like, I was like, women, women, women. I was like, they'll, they'll get together, they'll march for like any other subject, which you put them on the field against each other and they'll rip each other's heads off, dude. Because like, you've played soccer before, right? Yeah. Like, dude, like... Even if you get like three or four, even five goals ahead, if it's like five and oh, it's like, dude, we had an amazing game, right? Because soccer is not a high scoring yeah, like sport. So for, to go like 15 and oh, it's like, oh, dude, come on. Like, that's know? just straight up like you're out for blood. Like, yeah, man, you, you woke up and chose violence that day. Yeah, you really did. Like, I was you, just, like, you really did at yeah. that point, dude. And I, I was like, I was like, dude, I was like, but I blame the Thai coaches, man. Like, they should have got like some trans women or something <laughs> like that. I was just like, how hard is it to find a lady boy in Thailand? You know, like, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. like, it's just like they'll be down to play, you know, and like they'll just make them play the last quarter or something like that, you know, yeah. but. Uh, obviously like and i don't mean to offend anybody like i'm all for like you know lgbtq like i'm not gonna like be like oh yeah like damn them to hell you know like i'm not like a like a christian or anything like that like uh, i support everything you know like i'm open to everything but like if you can like like make a joke and crack a funny joke and like make people laugh you know like yeah, i think it's worth it you know i yeah, do i mean it's all on like i mean like comedy has always been super subjective you know yeah. it all happens yeah. to do with who you're telling it to so yeah I can imagine stand-up, especially, like, going from, like, from the OC to Pomona to LA. All yeah. those three places are very different places Dude, of culture, you yeah. know? So, like, all, obviously those 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 jokes are all going to be, yeah. they're all going to hit different. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, like, I told that joke in Pomona and, like, people were laughing. And then, like, if I had done that in, like, the, the room where, like, all the, the drag queens were in, like, the drag queen Santa's, dude, that wouldn't have gone mm, well, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's just, like... Yeah, it may not be a joke that you want to carry on, but if you see like an opportunity and like you can seize it and you can get that yeah, initial yeah, seize laugh, the moment, bro. and like people laugh, then you're good. But if people don't laugh, like, hey man, don't let it get to you. Like, you better luck next time. You know, it's a, and it's about like it's kind of like skating. You gotta like just keep falling until you land your trick. You know, yeah, that's true. And it's just repetitive. You know, and like and like shit, you might say something that you don't mean. It's, you might say something that you regret, and like you learn from that. Like, oh shit, like maybe I shouldn't say that like anymore. Like I should learn from this experience or like not do that. But you're not gonna know until you actually do it. So, yeah. Um, have you gone back to like stand up like since like the opening? Um, dude, COVID? no. Just because like I, like I mentioned, I'm just like I'm. I have family at home. I have my grandpa and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I want to worry about. And, like, yeah, I, I do work and I work full time, but like I wear a mask the entire time, and it's just like. Bars are, like, when you mix alcohol and people, people don't tend to, like, keep their distance. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just, like, I don't know where these people have been. Like, if they're cool with, like, going out to bars and stuff like that, like, are they doing that like, How night? often are they doing how that? How often like, are you doing Are you yeah. getting tested, like, and stuff like that? And, uh, like, I, I believe that there's, like, you know you know, COVID, I believe it exists and stuff like that. I believe people can die from it. And it's just like, I don't want to risk that just yet. I, and, and then not only that, man, like I have school and like work and like just being like fully backed up with that. Like it can like add to like your availability and everything like that. Um, so definitely once I'm done with school and I have a little bit more time, I'm like, dude, if I can go like two or three times a week, like it'll be fun, you know? Cause it's just like, what are you going to do in the afternoon? You know, that's a fun hobby to do. It really too, is. You know? like, yeah. 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 Cause it's super like, it's, it's, it's very interactive and social. Yeah. You know? Then like, especially if, once you, once you start going at that point of like two or three times a week, yeah, you, you like, you get inculturated into like, into like the circle yeah you know and like you get to exactly. meet people and like you get into the culture of yeah and of, of stand up and dude yeah like and like you you meet people from different like backgrounds different ethnicities and stuff like that people that have done different things and like 
dude and like i'll be honest with you like i've lived a very like sheltered suburban lifestyle you know what i mean like you don't get exposed to too many different cultures here oh, yeah, dude, we're all I mean? in bubbles we're all in bubbles man yeah. and like stand-up comedy like you can have everything like from like all walks of life show up and like you get to interact with these people and you get to talk to people and like you know and it, it's just fun man because it, it like like i said i'm not like i'm not a big social person like i have trouble like talking to like new people and like building relationships and stuff like that like both you know like professionally and like with friends and like even with my girlfriend like i love my girlfriend to death but sometimes like i i'm like oh like um like I can find it hard to like communicate things sometimes, but it's more like just on my end, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, Oh, I just, I didn't know I, I can do that. Or like, I can, um, I, I, I didn't know I had the ability to, to like, I don't want to say like voice my opinions. That sounds like a toxic relationship, but I'm just saying like, Oh, I didn't know. Like, um, I could say like, Oh no, I don't feel like doing that today. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, you can just build like your relationship with people and like, you feel comfortable. Don't feel like you're like spaced out. And, like you have to be in a corner somewhere, like, and just do what everybody says. Like you got to just branch out and like, just enjoy life a little bit more too, you know? Like, yeah, dude, taking risks is definitely a super yeah. fun, dude. And like yeah. putting out there and just working on your craft. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like, it looks like you're doing that, dude. And I definitely applaud you. And I like, I admire you for that. Thank I, you, I definitely yeah. admire you for the fact that like you're doing stand up. Yeah. And I really, um, I really appreciate that. It's cool that, you know, especially um, how you started off with business and then now you're going into journalism yeah. and you're trying and you're figuring out a path that, isn't just something that you like but something that you also realize that you're good at you know yeah. with writing and with, and you and you're really into like these cars and the automotive industry yeah. and trying to get your your foot in the door that's something that's super cool you know and i really hope that like that ends up working but as everything in life we got to put in the work yeah, and man. you're putting the work you know yeah for now yeah you're just <laughs> focusing on getting that uh, stupid degree with my name on it first and then you know from there it's just going to be like grinding and grinding for like 10 15 years and hopefully i can make something of myself you know and um, I'd love to work for like Motor Trend because they're here like locally in Southern California. So they're not too far. And I mean, anything would help, you know, like even and even like I speak Spanish. So like even if I can do something in Spanish, there's nothing for like Spanish automotive like channels or like any content for like Spanish speakers. Oh, wow. So if I could break into that field, like because like if think about it, like if you're going to do something in English and you have that car and you have the content that you're going to talk about and write about already set how hard is it to translate that into Spanish and yeah. take an extra 20 minutes to do it in Spanish? It's not going to kill you. And you'll, you'll have two different audiences. And then you open that door up to, to more people. people. Exactly. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, money is always nice too. So you can always market yourself to different brands and products and stuff like that. And you can try to get sponsorship deals and, um, you know, like just sell yourself. You know what I mean? It's all about building like a, your own like business and your building own your own business and brand yeah exactly brand recognition and everything like that so yeah, i mean i'm in like I'm, this is like infant stages you know what i mean like I, i'm happy with my 75 subs you know thank you if anyone's listening you know i appreciate that but um anyone from youtube from my youtube channels listening i yeah. mean uh but like you know it's obviously like there's channels with like 100 million subscribers so i mean i'm not I mean, they there. all they all start, they off all with start one. somewhere yeah, so. they, they all literally start off with one exactly. and you're already above that yeah you know, so so i mean yeah dude it's just yeah just got to keep it up and just keep have that passion burning you know what i mean and like a lot of people just like they give up on their dreams and they give up on their passions and i get it dude like life comes at you fast and like you have to adjust and everything like that but you ever find you know an hour or two in your day and you can focus on on yourself and like you know things that you like to do like hey man more power to you you know oh yeah, yeah. dude and i mean um so 
your YouTube channel just to just in case anyone here wants to check you out. Yeah, it's just my name. You can look me up. It's Chris Basulto. So C H R I S and then B as in boy B A S U L T O. Um, I have about ten videos up right now. I'm working on it. I'll probably work on another one today since it's my day off, and I can try to like make just you know scrunch something out. And um, whenever this episode drops, maybe a new video will be up. So you guys, yeah, hopefully, yeah. I mean, I'll definitely post, I'll definitely post, yeah. I'll, see, I'll definitely post it as well, you know, yeah. for those who do it. Sounds good. And uh, with that being said, uh, dude, thank you. Thank oh, man. you so much for being in here. Thank you. I thank, appreciate this. Thank you for educating me on, on yeah. the, on the wild. I did not know like how fucking intricate and like expansive the world of cars is. Dude. Yeah. You know? Like even, we didn't even touch racing and like racing, like it's a million dollar or a billion dollar uh, industry. And like, you never get that money back. And it's all just to like show off like and showcase like what manufacturers can do and everything like that. And same thing, man, it's all about presentation and like, you know, reaching a, a broader audience and everything like that, too. And it, like comedy and cars, they all kind of like everything kind of just like intertwines with each other. So, yeah, dude, I mean, yeah. it's all on like the meaning that like you create with it, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, like with cars, with comedy, everything could just be so like everything's subjective. So like it all depends on how people see it. Some people yeah. see it as like, oh, it's just you know, like it just takes me from point A to B with cars. Yeah. And others are like, it's so fucking, it's such a beautiful machine. It's your life, you know. You know? Like yeah, your I mean, you you're literally it, you know? part of it. Like, like yeah. I remember like uh, the last time we talked, uh, you mentioned how like driving uh, with stick shift, like you literally feel like you're part of the car because yeah. like you're, the way you turn is so much smoother yeah. when you're in control compared yeah. to being in automatic shift. Yeah, you know? Exactly. And dude, a lot of companies, especially like. Even even Ford, Nissan, they have, uh, like, they're notorious for having, like, bad transmission in certain cars. Like, for example, like, a Fiesta, like, you can't buy a Fiesta anymore. It's, like, they made it illegal because, like, they had a massive recall and they had to buy back all the Fiestas that they sold Damn. with automatic transmissions. So, it's just, like, when you are the transmission, I mean, you know, you, you're you better <laughs> off, you know? But That's true. It's, like I said, man, 1% of cars sold in the U.S. Are, are stick shift. So, like, of the millions of cars sold, like, a handful of them are stick. So, if you have that skill set it's like a fun skill set to have and like dude in 20 30 years like if you have grandkids they're, they're gonna be like what the hell is a gas car you know like yeah. what do you mean you had to shift it what do you mean there was gears and That's stuff like that trip. So, that is true yeah man it's yeah. like you gotta like you gotta look at it like people like living in the 60s and 70s like they didn't realize that they were living in like a, a time of like uh, like a renaissance of like art and like culture and stuff like that until it was gone right and then yeah. it's kind of like well we are right now it's like we're in this renaissance period where like car all every single car that comes out right now is good like it's going to be good quality and everything like that but like what's dying is like the the passion behind the cars and like the enthusiasm behind like the people like enthusiast focused cars everybody wants suvs everybody wants like big cars so that like that's slowly dying out and we're going to go into electric and stuff like that so like i said man like enjoy it while it lasts because it's not going to last very long and electric cars are going to be here to stay or here to stay and i mean almost everything that's beautiful doesn't last forever exactly you know? so if you can partake in it like you know go learn stick you know you're going to stall it a couple of times i've been driving for four or five years with the stick shift car and i still stall it every now and then like nobody's perfect but it's, it's like everything else man you just got to get back on your horse and you know don't give up just keep going I feel yeah yeah. yeah all right well um well with that being said i think this seems like a good time to end it and uh, for those of you who haven't doing it you can follow me on social media at zenith underscore podcast on instagram twitter and um with that being said thank you for being here chris and thank you for listening to all those uh, people who are doing it i appreciate you you're the reason why i do this i love you guys and uh till next time you already know where to find me at the zenith thank you 